I don't understand what you're signing me. You're moving your hands all over the place. Okay, I'm trying to let you know that you need to get ready and pay attention so we can start the podcast. Okay, okay, I get it now. But, you know, it actually looked to me like you were swatting flies away. Oh, no. No, this means go and this means stop. So you're telling me by moving your hands like that, it, that it's time to go? Yes, let's get started. This is going to be a great show with a great guest. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, everyone, and here we are celebrating what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Rope Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we're available virtually anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yes, and no matter what you do creatively, this is the podcast for you. Okay, Angie, what are we going to be discussing today or who are we going to be discussing? <laughs> well, today we're going to be speaking with Candy Yeldhem. She is a makeup artist and a model. Oh, yes. You know, I've known Candy for several years. Mm -hmm. She is a beautiful model, but also she's a very talented makeup artist. I'm kind of excited about hearing what she has yeah, to say. Yeah, me too. Even though makeup's not my thing, I think it's going to be good. <laughs> But first, it's time for your quote. Okay, well, the quote for this week is, The most beautiful makeup of a woman is passion, but the cosmetics are easier to buy. And that is by Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah, that one for me is a little bit tricky. You might have to explain it. I, I do understand a woman is really beautiful. I mean, she, she's passionate about mm -hmm. uh, herself, her creativity, whatever. And I can understand, I guess cosmetics are easier to buy. Well, you know, I think that what he's saying is that the beautiful part of a woman is her passion and her, you know, zeal for life. And that's something that you can't really buy. And if you don't have that, the only thing that you can do is buy cosmetics because that's, that's a done thing. You can just go purchase it. Well, thank you for explaining that because <laughs> in all honesty... I was having a far, a little bit of a hard time understanding quite what that meant. Yeah. But now I see what you're saying. Yeah. I okay. mean, cosmetics are easier to buy. They are. Well, they're they're consistent and, and each person's very different. So kind of a play on that. So, okay, it's going to be your turn, Rod, with Rod's Motivational Moments. And here you go. And I don't get it dun dun da da dun da 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 because we don't have music yet. <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that. Okay. okay, here we go. If you're going to take a photograph with your mobile phone, do yourself a favor and those that have to look at your images by learning the rule of thirds. And if you don't know what that is, you can Google it. Okay, so we can Google it, but what are the rule of thirds for those that don't know? Well, basically what it's saying is, is I'll give an example. If you're taking a picture of the ocean and you put the horizon right in the middle of your image, mm -hmm. that's not good. It I should see. either be in the upper third or the lower third. If it's in the upper third, it gives you a foreground. And if you have a foreground, it creates interest and it gives the eye a place to go. It could explore the foreground, move to the horizon, and then on into the sky. So often people cut things right in half, right, right down the middle. And then mm -hmm. uh, the worst I see 
is when they tilt the horizon. You're looking at a horizon of, again, the ocean or some scene somewhere, a mountain, and then they tilt their camera, and then all of a sudden the mountains look like they're going 90 degrees <laughs> instead of straight up yeah, in the true. sky. And it's very awkward to see that. It, it, quite frankly, it's unsettling. Now, I know there's people that do it for creative impact, and, and they do it on purpose, right. but give uh, your viewers a break try to get the understand the rule of thirds it'll make your images much more likable is this going to be another segment than rod's photography oh i tips? don't i don't, I don't know. know i don't know okay but i i know you're on social media frequently what is the one thing that really annoys you about the pictures people post well, besides them tilting the horizons. Besides that, besides that what else the is it that you really... Cattywampus. I think the thing that bothers me the most is when people take selfies in the mirror mm-hmm. and they don't pay attention to what's going on behind them. Right. And often we will see a toilet seat up oh, and yeah. people should shut that toilet seat and pay more attention to what's going on in the back. I mean, lots of people take selfies in the mirror, and some of them are absolutely beautiful. I mean, they're very creative, but then they junk it up by having something not very pleasant mm-hmm. to look at, like an open toilet in the background. Yeah, that's so true. And and I guess you should kind of scan to see what's behind you also, because I've noticed, well, some photos have gone viral over this because some of it was a little embarrassing things in the background so yeah just yeah, kind of look in the background i don't know if people are doing that deliberately they because could, they could i be. guarantee you you're going to get a lot more <laughs> likes or claps or whatever but it's really yeah. kind of tacky to do that yeah yeah true true what about what's the most annoying thing you see on social media well the most annoying thing that i see is probably when i see Women that are like, I'm all for celebrating yourself and taking pictures of yourself, you know, go for it, whatever makes you feel good. But when they get it to the point where they're objectifying themselves, I'm not so sure that's the smartest thing to do for you as a woman. And and also reflecting on other women like that, I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I think the word objectifying is very suitable here. Yeah. Because actually... You're you're not elevating yourself. No, in some cases, it could be pretty demeaning. Yeah, it, it it that's what I feel. I feel like it's really demeaning. And I'm I'm you know I think if you want to post a nude picture of yourself, I'm all for that. But when you objectify yourself, that's entirely different. And I'm not so sure that's the best idea. You know, there's one thing I know, and I've actually had people comment on this. Mm -hmm. In fact, people have made jokes about this, and that is when you see an image of of a woman, especially, and sometimes guys, but they're painting, and they're very scantily dressed. They were very revealing clothes, but yet they're standing next to their canvas making a painting. Mm-hmm. And um, you you actually have to understand what is it they're actually trying to sell or what are they doing? <laughs> they're trying to entice yeah. you. I suppose they're trying to entice guys to like their painting, and maybe they're hoping that some gallery owner will discover them. They're discovering a little bit more than their art. I'm not sure that's the kind of discovery you want, though. No, you want it to be more about your talent than, you know, your scantily clad body. Right. And then you take people that are credible artists 
both women and men. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the woman has taken a normal photograph of herself dressed conservatively or she has an apron on with paint all over it. And it just shows somebody that's actively involved in their craft and right. their art. Right. And personally, I find that a little bit more appealing. And it's a lot less distracting. It's the it's the artist in tune with their work, right. not the artist on stage. Right. I mean, it's fine to be a little bit performance-based as far as the image you want to project, but... I mean, let's let's call it what it is here. You need to, when at the end of the day, which I don't like that expression necessarily, it's really about if you're talented or not, or if you're at least attempting to be talented. But I don't know that objectifying yourself as a woman or a man, yeah, because men men do it too. I've seen men do it too. So yeah, but you could take fun pictures. I mean, everybody loves a fun yeah, picture of somebody smiling, happy, you know, jumping up and down because they just won a contest or somebody just purchased their painting or a piece of their sculpture yeah. or whatever. Or, you know, somebody applauded because they just heard you sing or play an instrument. You know, that's that's all celebratory. True, true. OK, well, let's go the other direction now. What is the most wonderful thing you see on social media, Rod? Well, seeing how we have the Thought Row podcast and we celebrate what people love to do creatively, mm-hmm. I would have to say the images that I see where people are showing off their creativity and, and we see them all over. It's not it's not just artists in the traditional sense. I mean, I see extremely beautiful embroidery work mm-hmm. or people that do different kinds of sculpture or furniture design, or carvings in wood, masonry. I mean, we even mm-hmm. know somebody, in fact, we had her as a guest that welds things together. Yeah, truly beautiful. Truly beautiful. So I, I think that, you know, for me, it's the creative things that we see and how people show them. There's some really interesting ways. I mean, we this one person we know or have seen where, I think you know him, he photographs his art mm-hmm. outside. Oh, yes. In environments? Yeah, I can't remember their, their name, but it was just so nice. Like, so you get a, a restful, peaceful snippet of the forest or wherever they are, and they hold their painting up and take a picture of themselves holding the painting in this environment. Yeah, and if they're painting nature, mm-hmm. it's it's even more applicable when they take their painting outside and put it in its natural environment. So true. What's the best thing that you see on social media? Well, my, okay. My, the one thing that I really enjoy seeing is if there's things on positivity, if there's things on meditation, if there's things on improving yourself and learning more about yourself and evolving as yourself, that's, I think for me, that's where I'm like, yeah, that is that is a good use of social media at that point to me. Uh, you know, there are a lot of positive quotes out there. In fact, we've done some ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just coming up with the quote makes me feel good. Um, but yeah. when I see other people's quotes, we have a lot of people that follow us on Thought Row that post quotes themselves, which are really they interesting. They're really, really motivational. Really, it's really motivational. And it's like 
in our society when each one of us is dealing with stresses or, you know, annoying things every day. It's like, it's nice. We can't all be positive all the time. So it's nice when somebody can kind of bring that to the surface. And just because you're writing a positive quote or an inspirational quote, sometimes it's also like self-therapy too. When you put it out there, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this a manifested thing. I'm going to bring about positivity this morning. Oh, I like that. I like the manifesting and I like the beauty aspect of this. And speaking of beauty, how about let's bring on our charming guest, Candy. That's a great idea. Candy, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. We've really been excited to have you as a guest. And uh, we know you're in the UK, so that makes it even more special. So nice. Hi, Candy. I know our listeners are going to be so excited. And I'm excited to chat with you because you are a makeup artist. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm definitely a makeup artist. And it's wonderful to be talking with, with you both today. You know, Candy, we've known each other on social media for several years, and I've really enjoyed the photographs that you've posted of various people that you've created makeup for, plus the fact that you are a model. You've been photographed beautifully. And I noticed every time I share one of the images of you as a model, Mm -hmm. you get all kinds of likes. All kinds of likes. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Yes, well, I love, I spotted, uh, Rod, I spotted your artwork, I think, on Instagram. And I love the colors and the flow. So I think I spotted you before you spotted me. So definitely, I'm I'm a fan. And I like the flow and the the shapes and the patterns and the colors. Well, so that, I think I, very, I, was, I was interested. That's so sweet. You're very yes. kind. That's yeah. a very sweet thing to say. But I know you have our signature question. uh, Yeah, our signature question is right. Um, But before we get our uh, interview started, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So what did you have for breakfast? Oh, breakfast. What did I have? I had nectarines with blueberries and I always usually have coffee. So that's what I had today. I'm trying to be a little bit more healthy away from the croissants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard to do. So hard. They're so delicious. Our breakfast breakfast was somewhat similar. We usually have figs, watermelon, and I like two eggs, hard-boiled. Oh, they're kind of of hard-boiled. Well, softish hard. (laughs) Medium. (laughs) Is there a medium hard-boiled? Anyway. Okay. Right. So I'm going to start by asking you something about your career. Being a makeup artist is an exciting career. I think that we all, people would love to do that for a living. What inspired you to become a makeup artist? Well, I've always been interested in makeup and I would say that I, I did a degree in drama with film studies and creative writing and makeup was part of the degree. So that was the first part. And then I was working on a photo shoot as a model and I was very interested in the makeup artist on the shoot. She was, she seemed very much at peace 
and calm and clear and uh, with the colors that she was using and the energy she had. So I was very interested in training to be a makeup artist, mainly I think through the modeling and also it's always been an interest since a, a very young, young person. Well, you know what? That's really interesting because I noticed, and we'll talk about this later, of having makeup artists on set when I was a photographer. And they, you know, you pointed out something really interesting. They are more relaxed. They don't seem to be under pressure as much as the models are. The assistants, especially the stylists, they're the worst. They catch all of it. Well, also, is this true for you, Candy, where you, when you do makeup, I think you have to be very focused on the people that you're making up and and cut out all the peripheral uh, commotion going on? Definitely. I think with makeup artistry, it's good to get good training. So then when you're there, it's just managing your nerves and staying very calm and focusing on, on what, what you need to do. So I went to Glauco Rossi uh, Makeup School and then later to Shuamura, which is in the US and, and then Yves Saint Laurent yeah. or YSL. But all of those brands, I think, have helped with techniques. So if you're booked on a job, then you're sure of your techniques. So I think that that really helps take any confusion away. Any training, I think, is, is really helpful. Well, the training oh, that you have yeah. is incredible. Yes, fantastic. So, and and really then good. also, I might say the makeup artists, there's another thing that makeup artists do when they're on set. They calm the talent down. Definitely. By, t- yes. by talking yes. to them and getting them relaxed. And-, and also you're touching them, which no one else is touching them. Well, maybe the stylist is. But as a makeup artist, you're not poking and prodding. It's more of a soothing. Yes, it's calming. I've never been anti-touching. I'm always interested in in textures and creating. I love to see beauty. So rather than seeing a woman and thinking being... Um, Jealous. I'm. I, I love to see beauty. So to see a beauty, beautiful woman is fantastic because I'm thinking in terms of the light and the colours and in, from an artistic point of view. So I, I'm interested in that well, point you, of view. You, you are an artist. Artist. That's yeah, for sure. Yes, artist. So Candy, what are the biggest challenges when you go in? to do makeup on someone when you like maybe they've got a few flaws here or there what are the biggest challenges and and, and how do you overcome them I think that the biggest challenges as a makeup artist are working with temperaments you could could be making someone up and they have a preconceived idea of what what they want models are normally brilliant because they're being paid to be on the photo shoot so they're normally quite relaxed and I always love working with models working in stores with real people sometimes that's more demanding because they they have an idea of what they want so you have to go that extra mile to to make sure that, that they're really really happy but I'd say the challenge is just staying very calm and making sure that you're you remain confident and I think anything is possible in terms of covering any acne or you can create shading to to create all sorts of the eyes the cheekbones so there there is nothing's impossible it's all possible it's just the approach i think some people have uneven skin tones right 
Yes, do. they do. Yes, <laughs> that can that can definitely be not worked me, out. Not me, of course. Of course not. <laughs> not me, because I shave every morning right. and that gets rid of it. Hey, women, women are actually shaving every morning now. That's Some, what I hear. Yeah, it's supposed to be very, like, smoothing and exfoliating, etc. But I don't know. Well, I think it's it's such a, a joy to go on photo shoots, and I think that it's just a case of professionalism getting there on time and then when you are there handling yourself so I think it's sometimes good to take a step back to give people space and then just try and observe what needs to be to done to be to be doing rather than Mm -hmm. rather I think I I tend to sort of take a a step back generally but I'm not too much of a step back because (laughs) then you're out of the ring but but just just to just give people some space I think and then hopefully whatever if there is a challenge it can be be sorted out and also with the photographer Absolutely. You know, in one of my earlier careers, I was a fashion photographer and I worked with makeup artists and top fashion models. And what I found kind of interesting is you've managed to pursue both forms of creativity. And from my experience, that's pretty rare. I don't think I've ever worked with a makeup artist that was also a model. Oh, well, that's really kind of you. (laughs) Can you tell us about your pursuit of both of those creative careers? Yes, it's really kind of you to observe uh, that. And um, when I was, I did my first modelling shoot on a beach when I was eight. In it was a picnic on a beach, having ice buns. And then I've modelled for about ten years. So I've done lots of mod- modelling, and I've had various different agents. I've cut my hair a million times. I've done lots of different uh, jobs and campaigns as a model. So that that's definitely something that I've worked on and I I would say that it doesn't necessarily come easily. It's more a case of disciplining oneself to get to the castings and just keeping going with that and, and enjoying it. So I think with, with modeling, I've probably, yeah, but I would say about 10 years. And I think with, with the modeling, it just requires some resilience really, because you go to a casting and something's not right or it's, it doesn't work, but then you just keep going. And there are some very nice other models around and that it becomes more of a sort of club really you go for a coffee and flip-flops black on and then keep going and go to the next shoot so that's been great and it it did it did work for me as a job which is really really fantastic um I think the modeling definitely inspires the makeup artistry and I then went with I went to train at Glaka Rossi and uh, then Shuamura and I think I've done well definitely done uh, quite a few advertising campaigns and worked with one particular celebrity so I would say I've always been really passionate about color and texture so I'm very interested in beauty and so obviously socially I'm, I'm not the person that would go to a party and not want to see a beautiful person I'm always interested because I'm, I'm thinking in terms of looking at their makeup and or um yeah sure uh, you know Absolutely. I'm really fascinated yeah but, um, definitely That's love to see beauty very very interesting we suspect that you love to see beauty because you're yes. in that profession and she's going to have and she's going to have a follow-up question <laughs> for you later about when you started and you as a child yeah, yeah. I have but a, you had a question first I so. do have, I have a question now 
And but I have a question I want to ask you. I don't think I've ever seen any photographs of you on Facebook where your hair was long. And you said you've had to cut your hair a lot of different times. Yes, good point. Um, I did have to cut my hair a, a lot, which was really commercial because I was often often offered money to, to cut my hair as a model. So, so sometimes, so they let's say whatever the price was, but model agents will book you on a job, and that's when that's obviously that's when you you make money to for for that. Um, haircuts. But I'm I'm never really, I'm not really precious about keeping long hair. My hair's medium length now, but I've always enjoyed uh, different styles and, and cutting it. I think that's why they invented wigs. <laughs> anyway, I, as a, as a makeup hair. artist, yeah. you've had to work with photographers, uh, video and film production people. Which one of these did you find to be the most demanding, photographers or film? I would say it, I've met lots and lots of different photographers and some have been really, really wonderful. I did meet a, a couple of photographers when I was quite young, around uh, 15 or 16, who were demanding. And I think if, I, if I'd met them later, I probably would have been kind of a little bit more sure of, of not being, I think they they can be quite assertive. So I think it's important to, I, I would say the photographer is the more demanding out, out of those two. The, the, the film would be more of a process. Photographers, I think with models, um, depends on who they are, but they're often wanting a certain image. And so it's just trying to, at a young age, it's trying to understand what they're after and be, being kind of very, very sure of, of th that you're valid as well. I think, I think too many of those photographers watched that movie. I think it was from the UK. Blow up. Blow up. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, the, where the photographer treats the, 60s, the models. Right? Yeah, from the 60s, yeah. where the photographer treats the models like they're rubbish. And, and so all photo I mean, a lot of photographers watch that movie and go, oh, because they really don't know what they're doing. They go, oh, well, this is how I'm supposed to, I need be. to be arrogant and arrogant, yeah. demanding. And walk around with a little small camera that doesn't even <laughs> make sense for shooting fashion. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's, it's interesting. There's so many different photographers out there. And I think I've met them all through modeling and through makeup. But it's often just personalities. Um, you can, As a makeup artist, you can be sitting next to other makeup artists or hairdressers. And, uh, you know, you've just got to watch yourself all the time to make sure that, you know, no one eats you for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I kind of true. That's kind of true. But that's kind of yeah. true in all of the, I think, entertainment type of industry. And I'm lumping this into that as well. I think because so. Because there's so much ego and emotion involved. And competitiveness. And competitiveness. So it brings out maybe not some of the nicer portions of a personality sometimes. Yes, I, I think it's I think it's manageable. Definitely manageable. Oh, yeah. It depends. Hopefully, if you have a nice agent. Or a good agent, you're fine. And then you, as long as you're sort of aware of the image mm -hmm. they're trying to take as a model, and then as a makeup artist, you're kind of, it's energy really, just trying to sort of 
kind of keep the right energy flowing throughout the day and getting there. I think getting there on time is the key. And then, then everything normally works out. And, and if it's not okay, there's, you know, as long as you're alive, you can, you can yeah. figure it out, I think. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to ask you an impromptu question here, yes. because as, as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm remembering modeling days and things like that. If Do you have advice just off the top of your head about if someone wants to get into modeling, maybe what are the three things that they need to maybe work on in themselves or that, that you feel is important? I think... I think people actually should go for, if they're interested in modeling, they've got a nice eye color or a good uh, cheekbone or they take a nice picture. I think the main thing is not to listen to what your peer group is saying or your Mm -hmm. sort of your social group is saying, but I think it's just a case of working on your skin, um, getting a good headshot, sourcing a good agent. And um, I'd, I'd say staying sort of fit and well is good, but not being deterred by your own social group or your peer group. Because actually, right. if you find a good uh, photographer, um, not, don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money on it. That's your first shot. And I remember I tried to get into an agent. And I was declined on the first time. And then I went back after cutting my hair and having some different pictures and they accepted me. And it was a, a really good agent. So I think I think it's a case of a little bit of determination if, if you're interested in, in either of those subjects. Mm-hmm. But then some, some people, really I know that means I'm, I'm a medium height. Uh, there are some girls who are actually quite are very tall. They have everything or, you know, everything's in place and they probably wouldn't need to, they, they'd just get signed to a, an agent straight away. But I found I was with a smaller agent initially and then I did a lot of test shots and got started to work a little bit to get a bit of fitness. But I think probably it's just a case of repetition. You need to just keep fighting for things. And even if you have a bad day, you can not worry, you can go and do something else, but then go and actually connect with a photographer and give it another go. I, I think it's good to not give up. I think that's such good advice. Thank you for that, Candy. You know what I took my takeaway from all that advice is? What's that? I'm not going to pursue a career as a fashion <laughs> model. <laughs> that would I be a up. good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. That's funny. Totally. Well, well you, you, know, never I... you never know. You never know. Yeah, well... If they want somebody short in their casting, that they can lower the camera so they can photograph me. Yeah. Well, I'm. Well, I, I just think I do think that there is this preconception that everything has to be with just one agent and through a competition or some fairy tale, and I don't think it does. I think I really do think that that you can, if you're interested, you can you can almost get it going yourself a little bit, but then get connected to the right people. Yeah, I'd rather be on my side of the camera, not your side of the camera. <laughs> What's your question, dear? Oh, and I also, you know, I know that you've done many different styles of makeup. Have you ever done makeup for a stage production? I like did a opera. degree. I, I've never, I'd love to do an opera. I've, I've 
did a degree in drama with film studies. So mm-hmm. I created the makeup and costumes for, for some of those kind of um, plays at, at university. But really, as a makeup artist, I've been booked professionally on photo shoots, private clients and campaigns, advertising campaigns. So that's been a really good way of being creative, but also earning a living. So it's it's been been along those lines. That's always the dicey situation for sure. You know, we all have to eat. Yeah, I know that makeup artists, it's not always about making people look beautiful. In fact, you kind of touched upon that. Have you ever had to use prosthetic appliances? Really good point. I've had, I've been to photo shoots as a model where they've had, they've had prosthetic makeup artists on, on the set. I've never, I'd be very interested in, I've been to a couple of evenings, makeup artist evenings where I've been talking to makeup artists who are special, specializing in that subject. So it's something I'm interested in, but it's not something that I've worked professionally with so i think um, some of them the ones that uh, i find distasteful are the real gory ones yeah and i they, don't know they how they can, come up with i don't that. know how they it's come up so with it bizarre. and then i don't know how they sit there and look at it after they've created it I love uh, the, I love the gory ones. Do you? Oh gosh, that's it's definitely an art. Yeah, definitely an art. <laughs> now I'm going to go back to your modeling career because I am curious. You mentioned you started modeling when you were eight years old, and yes. what was your modeling gig that you did? Who was it for? Well, it was for a catalog, and it was on a beach, and I was in uh, with some other children. With for a, so a knitwear catalogue and I was in the middle of winter eating ice buns. So I started to get booked by this clothing brand and they were really interested. And then I started to do fashion shows as a child and um, I can remember doing quite a lot of fashion shows. So that, that was definitely part of my childhood from really young, I'd say eight or even younger. That was mainly either in London or where my family are in. They live near Brighton. So do working for, for brand locally there. So that's when I started. Oh, okay. And my grandmother was a fashion editor for a newspaper. So she'd go with me to fashion brands and wait while I was doing fittings as a child. Oh, so, nice. so nice. I know. <laughs> That's very so nice. That, get, yeah. to, I know. get to work with your grandmother who is in the industry and understands yeah, what's understands going on. Everything. Yes. That's great. So understands that was good. about apparel and all that. That's it. She really did. She really understood clothes. And I remember having a lot of fun times with her and and doing waiting with her to do the fittings and then she'd wait for me whilst I, I did the shows. So all all good, all positive and very trendy <laughs> for a child. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say, yeah. how nice is that? Yeah. It, it is, it's interesting that you found a home both in front and behind the camera, which is yes. not usually the case. Candy, what's been the most gratifying for you to do, front or behind the camera? I would say that I've been more challenged uh, doing the makeup artistry. And I would say it's, I, I feel like I've pushed myself a little bit more with the makeup artistry. So probably 
and and obviously it's involved a lot of training. I've been trained by Shuamura and with YSL. So I think in terms of using one's cognitive skills and building on careers and being able to have a, a skill, that that's probably been more gratifying. Modeling, I've always thought was very good in terms of confidence building, also posture. And I think it's it's a good it, it's great. I've I've always really enjoyed it. So I, I think it's not been something that I, I haven't enjoyed. But the makeup artistry is a clear progression from that. But mm. with mm-hmm. with more challenges, I'd say. I would think so. I would think so yes. too. You know, I have to say something funny. When you said posture, Rod sat up and I had to unfold myself. So there you go. Thank <laughs> you very much. Well, I know. I think I've got to work on all of these things. So I think that I made quite a few friends that were models and they would style themselves up beautifully for castings. And I think it's, it, I wouldn't regret any of it. So I think it's really, really positive. And in terms of diet and the weight, I was really happy going on castings and not working in an office, actually. So I was managing myself, going on the tube, have a quick snack at lunch. But I think I have worked in offices. I've worked in a PR office. But when I started modelling, my natural weight came back because I was managing myself and I think sometimes if you're in sort of larger corporations, you can sometimes comfort eat because you might be stressed. I've always oh, loved food, so absolutely. I've never had worries about eating, but it's nice when you feel like your natural weight. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. You, when we're in front of microphones, it's kind of important to maintain good posture. I know. The, if so, you start yeah. slumping, it can be a problem. True. So what are you going to ask Candy next? Well, you know, when I I think of different, uh, you asked the question about prosthetic makeup. And I am wondering, have you ever done fantasy makeup? It's, It's almost like an abstract painting on a face at that point. And if you have, tell us about your experience in that creative area. Yes, I've done a lot of fantasy makeup for test shoots. I I work with a, or work with beautiful and creative photographer Roy Shakespeare and we started working on doing colors like yellow on the eyes or we'd put a model in we'd cover her in pencil sharpenings uh, then we'd put uh, glitter on her face or we'd put cover her in paper clips so Roy Shakespeare really did create that kind of creativity in terms of doing test shots and I've also worked with another photographer painting a model's hand white and then um, putting white for eyelashes and creating her into a snow queen. So lots of different creative makeups. I've got a a whole portfolio full of fantasy makeup and colours and David Bowie and gold and glitter. So my portfolio is full of taking things, lots of different colours and textures and taking things into visuals, but also working creatively with the the photographer. That's lovely. Well, that would make sense. And the other fact there too is the photographer more often than not depends upon the makeup artist mm-hmm. to create something that's photographable, you know, something that's really An artistic. Interesting. Yeah, oh, thank artistic, you. Artistic. Yeah. That's a better way of stating it. Yeah. And, you know, you're very creative, Candy, and I could see you really getting excited about doing that. It's like painting, <laughs> yes. right? 
It is a I'm painting. Really, it's a I, I love it. I, I've done some sculpture work. I've made a dove out of a bath stone. And I really am very excited about colour and different textures. So th- those are the things I think rather than working in a store, I think that working on photo shoots and on campaigns is a real pleasure because then you get to use your, your different textures. So that's that's really something that I feel doesn't stress me out, but also I feel relaxed and happy about. Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a fun time. I always yes. liked mm-hmm. working with a makeup artist that was come up with, we'd experiment, right? And that's the creativity it. invariably, I mean, I could light it really cool and, and maybe pose the model, but the creativity really ended up in the hands of the makeup artist. Yeah. They're the ones that designed and created the look of the, and the stylist too. I have to give them credit for stylists because stylists, the way they set the wardrobe or if there was a hair piece, I mean, I remember one time we used branches and the branches were in the hair and it all came out of the person's head and it looked incredible. <laughs> and at beautiful. first I thought, oh no, this is going to be a little rugged looking, but it turned out to be an excellent shot. Yes, and I yes, give excellent. all the credit to the makeup artist and the, the stylist. stylist. All I had to do was Show be up. there and click the <laughs> shutter. No, I had all the pressure was on my one finger. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, I think the makeup and the shoot world, I think, really does have so much potential in terms of creativity. And I, I'm very blessed because I've been on, I was booked on a photo shoot to go to to New York with OK Magazine. And then I've been to Spain. So I've been on some trips as well that I probably wouldn't have necessarily just, just done on my own. So I think, and then working on these photo shoots whilst traveling, I think, think is is really positive so it's just taking broadening one's horizons as well as being creative oh yeah you get to meet get to meet interesting people too you do definitely definitely it's it is variable and and i think that the main thing that the makeup artists that seem to do really well are very stoic and they seem to manage their nervous energy. I was working with Evelyn. I was had an agent called Minx Agency and mm-hmm. she was very, she'd been a, a makeup artist for many years, but she had just a little bit of a dry sense of humor and she just seemed to stay very calm and get there on time. But it's, it's maybe an endurance exercise really, if you want to keep going. Oh yeah. I could see that. What are you going to say? Well, I'm going to, I would like to know. This is something I really don't want to know. Can I go sit over there for <laughs> Yeah, you a while? can go and take a break. Okay. What are the three makeup staples that you recommend that are not traditional mascara, powder, or lipstick? Mascara, powder, or lipstick. I would say for mascara, I would say that's interesting. I actually, I quite like the, well, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I love I loved working with Shuamura, so obviously I loved their products and YSL. Currently, I'm using a MAC mascara, which I, I'm really, it's got a lot of volume in it. So I do, I do quite like the that one. And I would say for lipstick, again, back to the MAC or maybe Shantakai. And I love Kat Von D. And then powder, I'm not so keen on powder, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the skin to sort of to 
flow through. But if the photographer is wanting powder, might go with with MAC, go with Yves Saint YSL, definitely. I love the Chanel products. In my kit, I've got all sorts of things. I've got some products from Screenface as well. So lots of different products. And Makeup Forever is really good, I think, for lipsticks. Okay, that's good to know. Thank uh, you. You know what? I think that was an extremely good answer. <laughs> that was such a good answer, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask you a question that I would typically not ask. Right. But tell Angie and I, what are the latest trends in makeup? The makeup oh. trends are... Well, the latest trends, they make the makeup trends are changing all the time. So it's literally after being with YSL for four years, I, I went through their journey. So the trends are literally really evolving. I think with the lockdown times and with the COVID, I think the trend has come back very much on skincare and looking after your skin. The eyebrow trend, definitely not over overly plucked and overly sculpted. If it if the eyebrow can sit through and breathe through, but still be groomed, that's definitely a trend. And I think we're, we're moving away from, obviously, there's the creative makeup and all of the, the different colours. But I would say that the look where that there's a little bit less foundation, working on all the skincare and the serums, and then just lightly putting the foundation on. And I'm using that just if I've got any blemishes. I used to put a lot more makeup on, whereas now I'm just um, putting the makeup, the foundation on the areas that need, but then really working on the skincare behind. So using I'm using Aromatherapy Associates Rose products, and then I'll be, just be putting the foundation on top. So I think as the, the years pass, different trends hit, hit all the different brands. And the models at the moment, I think, have been, the photo shoots have been COVID affected. So people after the lockdown, wanting the skin to look like it can breathe. Mm, that's I think that's, yeah. that's been, yeah, that's coming through. Good point. I could see that. Great answer, Candy. Great answer. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And when we had our initial phone conversation with you, Candy, prior to this podcast, you mentioned that you had developed positive energies to keep moving forward and keep motivated in your career. What advice would you have for others that want to adopt the strategy? Yes, I think it's really important to to develop positive energies. I I'm always lighting candles, and I would say I've I tend to I'm not a left hander, but I I tend to think about things in terms of being a left hander. I think for for anyone wanting to develop their careers, I think it's really important to not. Listen, listen to negative feedback to let it lose your confidence. I think it's really important to to work on any areas where, where you can build on confidence. I talked to a healer who's really, really interesting. And he, I met him through a lady who, who I know who is a celebrity. And he's really, really, I mean, fantastic. But yeah. I think that in terms of positive energy, it's trying to accept any negative feedback that you get, but then not let it deter you from 
from pushing forward because there's always another, there might be another option. If something doesn't work, then keep a diary note because there's someone else that might want to talk to you. And that's how I think that keeps the show on the road, definitely. So oh, not, nice. not letting people's negative feedback just leave you, leave you, you know, deterred as it were so it, it's actually quite exciting that the challenge of keeping the, the positive energy flowing through so sure. you can see sure. see like That's a flower i mean exactly I, I think that we definitely grow through that and you could see just something really beautiful like in a flower or something just absolutely some shot of color and, and that's all you need but definitely there's lots of different ways of creating the, the positive energy. And I think you can pick up on energy very, very quickly. And if it's not right, then maybe good to move away from that and, and find even, actually, I think it's quite a good idea not to even always be searching for more people all the time. I think just work on, work with the, the people that seem to be working well with you. And hopefully that, that's going to result in, in some success. And I think it will always. Well, so many people think that they need to have lots and lots of friends mm -hmm. and that yes. really doesn't work. You know, you need one or two or three really good, really friends, good yeah. friends that are there for you, believe in you, that are positive and you have to be the same to them. And then yes. you have, it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. Well, I, I was going to um, ask you. I, I agree with you. Okay, good. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. But no, I'm no, I do. No, I do. I do. I, I've always, I was, I think previously I was very much interested in organizing lots of parties and events. Whereas I think at, at the moment, I've, I think it's the, after the COVID situation, I'm sort of just I, definitely talking to a few really good friends at the moment. And in terms of career, I think there are opportunities out there. So just because you get a couple of knockbacks, I think it's important to be quite repetitive in the sense that you can then, that's okay, you've had, let's say, five, four knockbacks, five knockbacks, but then then you've got to keep plugging because there, if you do keep plugging, there are, um, that you're going to get, there are going to be some wins that come through. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, yeah. And that's usually the case. It's certainly been the case in our lives. Candy, what would you, which, what, what would you like to accomplish in the next two years? In the next two years, I think what I would like is to to work, uh, to, to do further photo shoots. I'm still doing modeling work, so continue with that. And I would say it depends on it depends on how thing, things go. But I would like to increase the volume of work that I can accomplish. And I would say I have a few goals in terms of the shoots that I, I would like to, to that I'd like to, to achieve. And also I have some people that have been contacting me in the industry recently who have shown interest. So no, hopefully I know. So I'm hoping that uh, there's one particular person. So I'm hoping that the collaboration with if if that will will work that will then open a new door but i in the next few years i'd love to just keep working and be happy and healthy and just keep going with with life and attract what whatever's meant to be coming my way the, but not force it all, yeah well those are all very admirable 
That's yeah, <laughs> an admirable totally. way to live. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. now it's your turn okay, for our, so signature, our other signature yeah, question. Yeah, other signature question here. We ask everyone this, on, and we're always fascinated by their reply, and that is if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Goodness, someone from the past, someone I don't talk to anymore. It could be someone you don't even know. It could be oh, anyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, goodness. Someone I don't know. Oh, goodness. Well, I think probably in terms of career, if it was career related, I would love to have a chat with perhaps someone like maybe go for a makeup artist, maybe a makeup artist, maybe go and have a chat with a film star and see how they would respond but it's such an interesting question and 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 it's in in my my personal life I can think of people that I I really love and who I always would always would love a chat with on that bench well the personal personal life I mean I we've had people that refer to a grandparent that or was not around anymore. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't around anymore. Yes. Or somebody that really inspired them. I would yeah, think it that could be anyone. The grandmother that started you in your career of child modeling, I bet she would have a lot to say now if she could sit by you and say, Oh, Candy, I'm so terribly proud of you and all the things that you've accomplished. I think that would be a wonderful conversation. I think it would. I, I think so. She would be actually if I'd known her longer, she dies quite early. I think she would have been really interested in the journey. Definitely, definitely my grandmother, the journalist. And so I think that is definitely someone. And and also, I think I'd love, I mean, I'm always fascinated by makeup. So I would have liked to have met uh, Kevin Aquan, um, the makeup artist. He's exceptionally talented. Maybe Yves Saint Laurent himself. Oh, yeah. Very oh, interesting. Yes. And uh, I'm, I've am i always liked the, the film uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So maybe I could have Audrey Hepburn on the other side of the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Your bench has got a lot of fun people. Yes, that would be a very popular <laughs> yes, bench. And that would you be would a great bench. A wonderful, wonderful time. <laughs> well, I hate to do this, but I think it's time for us to kind of wrap this up. Okay. And, right. you know, thank you for sharing your thoughts and ideas on living a creative life. This is what our podcast is all about. This is what our listeners enjoy hearing. And they're going to be quite interested in hearing what you had to say. And you're living a pretty creative life, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Always will do. I'm really interested in, in color and I love going to art exhibitions and always fascinated by makeup artistry, but also just generally flowers sculpture and definitely it's it's something that uh, creativity is is of huge interest my cousin orlando is an artist as well and he's super talented so we've got uh, my grandfather was he was a businessman but he was also an artist so there's lots of talent in our in my family so oh, well, then, yeah. you're carrying carrying on the family tradition. Really <laughs> I know. What do you want to tell our listeners, Angie? Well, I, I, you know, thank you so much, Candy, for for being on today. 
And Thank you I so let, much. You're, you're so welcome. And I want to let our listeners know that if you would like to know more about Candy, we will have links for her under the show guest tab on our website at thoughtrowpodcast.com so everyone can learn more about her. And please connect with her on social media and check out our website. Yeah, check her out and follow her on social media because you're going to be you're going to love the the uh, posting she does of the images. But I'm going to make a real quick comment here because we have to go. Candy also posts classical music, which I personally really enjoy. I love it. I love classical music and lots of different music. I've DJed yeah, two sets as well, or a couple of sets actually. So I love I love music. It's nice that you post those so people can check those out. But unfortunately, I have to say goodbye for now. Yeah, we're going to have to say goodbye. Bye, Candy. Thank you so much. See you soon. Okay, Okay, thank you. Bye. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.